You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. to Nick Luck Daily, the show that brings you the latest news and the sharpest insight from around the world of horse racing. It is Monday the 30th of August and Tom Stanley in for Nick today and uh, plenty coming up in a packed show joined by senior writer at the Racing Post Lee Mottershead. We'll be talking to Starman's trainer Ed Walker. The horse is on course for a tilt at the Spring Cup at Haydock this weekend. Um, we'll be talking to Gavin Lynch about the Coast to Curra cycle in memory of Pat Smullen. More about how you can get involved with that. Uh, also coming on, we have Rachel Rennie, who won the town plate at uh, Newmarket on Saturday. Brilliant story, that is. We'll hear from Rachel very shortly. But first of all, Lee and I are going to address a topic which we've talked about on this podcast plenty of times before it's involved the stewarding regarding the opener at Goodwood yesterday on the Sunday where Luna Magic finished second past the post but was promoted ahead of first past the post Zlatan despite seemingly there being little interference. Uh, Lee, it really begs the question, in your opinion, has there been a clear change in the way that the rules are implemented in British stewarding? It would seem, Tom, there has either been a change of a policy um, or that what has happened um, in the last three days has been um, a huge coincidence. Um, and that's, that is entirely possible. It could well be that there hasn't been any directive, that nothing has has changed officially. But certainly, I think when you when you look at the two instances at um, Foss Lass on Friday, um, I think certainly one, at least one of those two, you can make a good argument for saying that that would have come as a surprise against the context of what we've seen generally over recent years. Um, I thought Al Hezabar was particularly unlucky to be thrown out um, relative to Lexington Fury in, in their maiden at Foss Lass. I thought in the in the first race there, um, you could e- equally make an argument that um, Evocative Spark was was quite fortunate to get that. Um, having been bumped close home from, from under, I think you, if it had gone the other way, you wouldn't have been massively surprised. So I think those two at Foss Lass wasn't just the fact it was two in one day, it was the fact that they were both, I thought they were both pretty close calls and I wouldn't have been surprised had the horses kept the races. I think the case at Goodwood yesterday, Tom, I think that's one that that surprised me. I think it surprised watching Racing TV's coverage yesterday. It surprised Nick Luck and Steve Mellish. Um, I see from social media it surprised you, and I think it surprised most people um, in the sense that um, Zlatan, who was first past the post, um, yes, he uh, he did to an extent... Um, uh, carry the other horse, Luna Magic, across the track. Um, but there didn't appear to be any, well, there was no bumping. It didn't appear to be uh, particularly um, excessive um, in terms of the distance he's carried the horse across the track. Um, it, it, it felt to me as though the, the best horse in the race had finished first past the post and deserved to keep the contest. And I don't think there was any expectation on the race course that uh, Zlatan 
was set to be disqualified. So that really did come as a surprise. I think what is interesting too is if you call up the the stewards report on the the BHA website, you see that the the chief steward operating at Goodwood on Sunday was Sean Parker, who's the BHA head of stewarding. So you know th- this decision has been taken under the watch of the the most senior um, person in, in in that sector of the of the BHA, Sean Parker. Um, so th- I don't think you, you can't don't think say that this was a case of if you like juniors having having messed up. This this was under his watch. So um, I think that gives it extra weight. And it does seem very, very surprising. I, I can't imagine many people will have watched that race and expected Zlatan to be disqualified. And I can't believe many people now believe that Zlatan should have been disqualified. Surely the, the point here is that for all the decision was, was very harsh, the point is that it wasn't in keeping with what we have come to expect, um, certainly uh, in this country. And if there has been a change, perhaps at the start of the season, then um, we as media fans, etc., um, should have known about it. And what we want to achieve is greater consistency going forward so we don't get these unexpected results. Well, that's right. Yeah. I mean, I think you're, you're right, Tom. I think it, it wasn't in keeping with what we have come to expect, at least not until Friday. I think if you watch the two Friday races, you might maybe have thought that uh, Luna Magic had a chance of getting the race. But I think even then, you would have been surprised. Um, certainly, as you say, if you look at previous results, um, I, I actually was quite interested. The horse who benefited from this result at Goodwood on Sunday is trained by Archie Watson, whose dragon symbol, of course, was involved in a very high uh, controversial uh, stewards inquiry for the Commonwealth Cup at Royal Ascot that dragon symbol was on the wrong side of um, and Campanell um, got that race. So that was one where Archie was on the wrong side um, of a decision. This time was on the right side of a decision. I think if there has been a change of policy, um, at least in terms of in the nuances of um, how decisions are made, then it, we should know about it. I so say it's entirely possible that it hasn't. And these are just three decisions that have surprised people. One more so than the other two. Clearly, with this sort of thing anyway, it is always um, a case that, that a number of people in a room have to come to a decision based on what they have seen with their own eyes and based on how they interpret the rules. Um, there they can't ever be um, a black and white with these sort of things. Ultimately, people have to make a call. It does seem, certainly over the last three days, as though the calls have moved more in one direction than we had become used to. Um, but I think the Goodwood case in particular was so surprising that um, I, I think if that goes to appeal, that the, the connections of Zlatan would be entitled to go there with a, with a, with a significant degree of hope. Yes, and uh, I personally was catching up with the story rather late, having been um, otherwise engaged for the entirety of yesterday, but did make a, a last gasp effort to um, contact the chief regulatory officer of the BHA, Brandon Shea. Is 
bank holiday Monday morning and uh, I haven't been able to do so yet. Gave him absolutely no notice at all, but uh, I w- it would be great, I think, if, um, if later in the week uh, we were able to hear whether or not there has been a clear directive from the BHA to, to change the way that the rules are implemented. We shall see. Um, right, positives. Lee, as far yes. as um, as far as racing and new market go, um, first of all, a fantastic story on Saturday when Rachel Rennie took the town plate five years after she was first meant to ride in the race. Um, she wasn't able to take part that year because she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I caught up with Rachel early yesterday, actually, and uh, just asked her what it meant to her. Uh, thank you very much for your congratulations. Um, actually, I'm surprisingly okay, uh, not suffering too much of a hangover and not hobbling around too much with uh, achy muscles. So, so that's all good. That, that's that's all a bonus. So, so take me take me back to to 2016, Rachel. What? Um, how close before the the race were you diagnosed? Uh, pretty close, about a month uh, beforehand. Um, so yeah, it was all all set to uh, ride a mare that I had in training at the time, um, and then literally just almost overnight, it felt like a, a funny little pea-sized um, lump at sort of at the side of my breast, and sort of thought, well, maybe I should go and get that checked. Um, I'm not one for going to the doctors, so it's actually quite unusual for me to actually think, oh, I better go and do something about it. And um, they were literally, um, yeah, okay, you need to go and see a consultant. And I was probably in surgery within two weeks, I should say. Um, So, yeah, all all a bit sort of, bit of a shocker. Um, You know, when you you think you're young and healthy and fit and active and, and, uh, yeah, life's, you know, deals you that overnight yeah um, I, I take yeah. it it was a it was there therefore a pretty aggressive form of cancer yeah it, it was um yeah i think it was one that was that was going to progress pretty quickly and and hence they they um they got in there and and um and uh, cut it out fairly swiftly mm. you know if they can get a good margin quickly before it spreads to lymph nodes and things you've got the best best chance so you know, you know, hands up to them. You know, they got 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 straight on with it, and then had a round of um, chemotherapy, and then radiotherapy, and then uh, they put you on on drugs for about ten years, and hopefully that will that will yeah. uh, keep it at bay. So, so you're on ongoing medication now. As as far as sort of yeah. you know day to day, how long was it before you were feeling back to or as close to back to normal as you could? I'd say it was probably about sort of. Um, six months um i was diagnosed in in the june because that's when they ran the template in july uh, at that point um and i finished my last radiotherapy on um christmas eve so literally six months Mm. and i look i know there are you know there are there are obviously as you're highlighting more important things than 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 riding in a race and winning it but there's there's something um wonderful about the fact that obviously you couldn't take part back in 2016 and then you come back and take part this year and then you win it and whilst I know that these races aren't about the winning um I'm sure that made it all the more special what what was that feeling like when you crossed the line given everything everything you've been through yeah I mean it was great I mean to be honest it it was more uh doing it for the yard and the trainer we're only like a small small team I mean obviously for me myself it, it, it sort of 
brought quite a few memories back the the processes and especially you know talking to the press and, and so forth over the last week you know has brought it back into my mind and that you know I'm lucky to be here um and you know it just shows that you've got to be really vigilant and you know not ignore these things but as I say I, I think it, it was great to almost win it for everybody else rather than myself mm. almost in the end <laughs> I I yeah I I see what you mean. Given that, because was there just a huge outpouring of support for you? I mean, and and has continued over the last five years. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, everybody. Uh, you know, I've I've had horses in with Martin Smith that whole period. Um, you know, when when I was ill, and uh, you know, I'd go to the races you know, with my half a hair half a hair left and <laughs> <laughs> looking like a dog's dinner. Um, but you know, it, it was something to take your mind off of it. Um, I'm not one to just sit around brooding on things anyway. But uh, you know, as soon as I was back fit, I was back riding, and and obviously I still had my horses in in training at that time. So yeah, it's it's, it's a great thing for uh, you know getting you through it. I read an interview with you before you rode in the race, um, and I think one thing that struck me was um, your your love of the horse and how that in perhaps your your darkest times that you know the the, the one consistent you had um was was the horse and, and that love and almost the sort of the therapy that in a way they can provide did, did you did you sort of almost seek solace in them at points yeah well it's one of those things isn't it horses don't look after themselves so you know whether you feel great or you feel rubbish or or whatever they're still there they're still depending on you um so yeah that takes your minds off 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 of it uh, you know, when I was sort of on chemo and things like that, I'd potter out to the yard for a little bit, go and see the horses, come back in if I felt felt poorly, go back out again later. So, you know, it just just takes your mind off it and and, and keeps you busy. Mm. Is this the first of of many um, many races for you, Rachel, or are you are you sort of are you are you are you, are you, are you retiring with a hundred percent strike rate? I, I don't know. I should do really, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I mean, uh, there's already they've already been talking about. Are you coming back to defend your crown next year? Um, <laughs> obviously, I've got a young horse, so yeah, possibly it depends if he's gone on to greater things by then, and uh, whether he's not allowed to, to race in, in in little races like that. <laughs> so we'll see. I'm sure. I mean, you know, both uh, my co-owners in the horse in the horse were very generous to to let me ride what is, you know, effectively a, a, an active horse in training. Um, you know, it would have been horrific if, if I'd have injured him or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, they were very, very generous to, to let me ride him. And um, we'll, we'll see what happens next year. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I feel that there's a chance you might just be back. But we'll see. It's a long way away. We'll yeah. um, thanks ever so much for, for your time. And well done again. It was, it was fab to You're see. You're welcome. Okay. Thanks very much. Lee, it was, uh, it, it was uh, magic stuff. Were you, were you there Saturday at Newmarket? I was actually, Tom, yeah, I, I was rerouted from Goodwood. I was supposed to be at Goodwood on Saturday to do a piece. Um, just looking at the, the, the current mood on a race course on a, on a busy day because there's been such a lot of talk about antisocial behaviour because there have been instances of, of antisocial behaviour. And a recent interview I did with, with Emma Banks, the, the, the top music agent and owner, um, has sort of made um, the subject of music on race courses um, quite a... Uh, a heated topic at the moment in terms of people who think that maybe 
they aren't working, that maybe they alienate racing fans, and that maybe um, they should take place. Emmett made the point that they can easily take place on days when there aren't, when there isn't racing taking place. So a new market on Saturday. Sorry, while, while you're there, Lee, actually, while yeah. we're on that, go, we'll 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 come back to to your thoughts on Rachel. You, did you go to the music night? Uh, I I I was basically there. In, I, I was there. So the the press room backs onto the stage. Um, Tom so I was popping my head out while penning my, the, my final bits of copy um, and there was the most enormous crowd watching McFly so the the if you if you know the July course the the st- the, the stage is positioned between the two grandstands looking out uh, on the final part of the the track and the crowd just fills the the lawn in front of the the stage and to the to the to the front of the racetrack all the way down really it was absolutely heaving in fact so much so that a lot of the response to, the, to, to a video i put out on on social media was um talk of sort of covid and and super spreading um and it certainly was one of those moments where you think covid what covid um it was like it, it never happened um it seems like that i've got friends in australia who saw that and thought my goodness me um oh to have something like that down here so yeah it, it, it was a it was um, a tremendously popular event. Um, and I thought it was, it was an interesting day too, in the sense that there has been a, a lot of talk about these, these music events. For race courses, they, they sell them in, in two ways to the to, 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 to racing community. One in the sense that they, they could be a way to draw in new fans to horse racing. I think it's questionable how successful that tends to be, but also they're big revenue generators. Um, and the event at, on Saturday was at a jockey club race courses. Of course, all the jockey club's profits go back into racing. So it's not as if um, a, a board of shareholders are, are off to Barbados as a result of that McFly concert. Um, as a concert taking place at the end of an afternoon race meeting, I think the, the mood was probably different perhaps than, than it might have been at an evening meeting. There was a big family attendance there. Um, so loads of parents with children and perhaps that's understandable given the, the band that was playing and I thought overall the the mood on the day was pretty good you had a few loud and larry young groups of lads but I, I made the point in the piece they they, they felt more daft than dangerous They're the sort of people you wouldn't necessarily want to be on a crowded train car- on a crowded train carriage with but on a race course on a day like that they were grand um, and it, it dawned on me as well towards the end of the day that I think an event like that, even though it might not necessarily convert people to horse racing, it probably exposes horse racing to lots of people who wouldn't otherwise go horse racing. And it makes a sport feel normal, acceptable. And we shouldn't underestimate that at a time when necessarily equine sports will always be under the microscope and people saying, is is this right? Well, I think in that sense, these concepts can probably help in that regard i think one of the problems they do have though tom is that i I spoke to a couple of guys who'd come from the midlands on on saturday they just rocked up fancy the day at racing because they're at a loose end they travel 130 miles and they were very surprised to see that where they normally pay 25 quid to get into to newmarket on a day like that they had to pay 45 pounds and therefore you have people who are going racing just to watch racing who are praying not far off double what they would do normally now you know newmarket would make the point that they don't often do that on their on their bigger days that was probably a rarity to have a, a music event on a, on a card with a listed race um, but a track like newbury uh, many of its big 
flat Saturdays also coincide with music events and people who are going there for the day will pay more than they would do for a non-music day. And I think maybe that's one reason why Emma Banks said to me that she wonders if there's mileage, more mileage in music events taking place on race courses away from race days. And interestingly, that actually happened on Saturday. Tom Jones played to a packed Haydock Park on a day when Haydock wasn't actually racing. And that would have been a huge commercial success for the Jockey Club too. Now, obviously, th- there are differences in the sense that if you, you stage the event on a race day, you're only paying for one set of staff, if you like. You're paying for one set of security, one set of police, one set of everything, really. On, on, if you have them separated, you're paying them, paying them twice over. Um, but that seemed to work too. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was a good date, Newmarket, on Saturday. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, and I think most people would have gone home there with a smile on their face unless they were those sort of racing fans who'd arrived and hadn't necessarily expected to be paying so much more to get in than they normally would do. And the Rachel Rennie story is, having won the, the town plate on, on Friends Don't Ask, is, is just a fabulous story. Yeah, absolutely is. I mean, the, 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 the emotions um, surrounding that were, were clearly enormous. A lady who'd wanted to ride in the race five years ago, um, a major uh, change to her life situation had made that impossible. And the goodwill for her on Saturday was, um, was enormous and deservedly so. Um, it was a shame in some ways it, it took place in the race stage after six o'clock because it, it probably didn't get the, the attention that night it normally would have done, but loads of coverage yesterday. And um, I think it's great that Rachel is, is already talking about coming back for the town plate next year. And it was great for the town plate too, as well. Of course, it's, it's not a, a race that takes place under the rules of horse racing, but it's a, an historic context. Um, the, 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 the new market community, um, are very close to and it's it's marvelous to see it's um living breathing and in the rudest health now the feature race this weekend is the group one betfair sprint cup at haydock park and uh, heading the betting currently is ed walker's star man i spoke to ed a little bit earlier on this morning just after the horse had finished a piece of work um nice piece of work nothing not looking um for anything spectacular um, just routine maintenance work and, and um, with his, his usual lead horse, Jonah Jones. And um, all went well. Yeah, he seems ungrateful. Good. Did you, did you come back from France disappointed or is that a bit a bit harsh, if you like? Uh, uh, devastated would probably be closer mm. to us. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we went there um, with concern to the ground, but in terms of everything else I couldn't really see him getting beaten and um, you know I think probably um, without sort of making too many excuses you know he, he ran he ran great and he came there and he he won his race and he put his head in front and I think he just ran out of out of stamina um, in conditions that are probably um, ideally um, against him uh, it was that it was pretty soft ground on Saturday and it was just um, starting to dry and became very sort of sticky tacky holding ground and I think you know that stamina sapping ground with the extra half a furlong on top and I think really the combination of the two was his undoing so um, but he ran great and, and, and um, you know I don't think he lost anything in defeat but to watch um, it was a it was a difficult race to watch because he you know he hit the front and I kind of just expected him to pull two three lengths clear 
and then when it didn't happen, it was pretty heartbreaking. Would you be reluctant to run him on very testing ground again, or or over a sort of fast six? Would it not concern you? I just, I, I, I'd rather not. Mm. Um, you know, I just, I just think, um, you know, he's only got two two um, blips in his CV, and both have been in. Conditions we know aren't, aren't favourable. I think you know he'd have probably got away with the Morris Tigues over six. Mm. Um, so, but that wasn't that wasn't you know Champions Day bottomless ground. That was you know like I say it was soft ground drying. Um, so I don't know. To be honest, I think I, I think we'd we'd rather not. I I, I just think um, you know every time you send these horses out to to battle, there's there's, there's risk and and. Um, you know why? Why waste um, runs and opportunities in conditions you know that, that don't suit? So um, I think we try and avoid background. Um, we'll, we'll come to Haydock, but you mentioned Champions Day, so we, we may as well allow ourselves to look ahead if we can. Have you got a a sort of um, plan mapped out for him as to to where he might go for the remainder of the season? Not really, to be honest. It's so you know, COVID is making everything so difficult, and and you know, it's, everything's so unknown at the moment as to. Um, you know whether you know travel restrictions and um, you know Hong Kong obviously would be normally a, a, an option. Um, you know the Everest um, would have been an option in, in a normal year, um, but I don't think it probably is this year. And um, previous cut this year doesn't probably you know, unless we are super brave and set them up to a to a mile, which would be risky. Um, even a very sort of sharp mile at Belmar, um, you know, or, or run him on dirt, um, both of which have, have kind of been mentioned, but uh, I, none of them are ideal. So um, it's hard. It's hard to know exactly what his what his plan after this race will be. So we just we'll just focus on Haydock for now and and, and make sure um, he's in the best possible condition for that, which I think he is, and, and hope it doesn't rain. Uh, you've got me excited now. Um... Dirt sprint. There's a there's a there's a dirt horse in the pedigree, isn't there? Well, yeah, and it's. I, mean, I just again, I don't. It's tempting, um, but it's. I you'd just be a little bit worried about those dirt races in America. They seem to me to, you know, it's kind of first out the gate, um, and, and that he might just not see which way they've gone out of the out of the stalls, and then mm-hmm. have a whole lot of sand in his face and um and that would be the end of that um what what what, so, what would be the there's obviously an appeal there i suppose what would would there be a a huge gain to try him on a on a different surface going forward would there be a huge gain yes is there is there a huge you know for, for 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 you for david for everyone is there a huge upside to that if it, if it worked out well i don't think necessarily so to be honest, I mean, it, it does open up options. Um, obviously, brings the Saudi dirt sprint in, into the equation, which I think Oxted ran in, didn't he? Mm. Um, if, he, if, he if he were to be versatile in that respect, but um, um, I mean, three, for, for me, the, the 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 shot of the stars would be would be the Everest because if um, you know if he could pull that off, you know, it, it just makes him. Um, so attractive to both hemispheres um, as, a, as a potential stallion, and uh, 
you know, it, it's kind of un, uncharted territory, isn't it? It's, it's been been tried, but never been done. Um, you know, to, to take a sprinter down there and beat the Australians, they're quite used to them coming up here and beating us. Hmm. To go down there and beat them would be quite cool. Hmm. And But that, as you say, is very much sort of travel restriction dependent. I think it's just going to be really, really difficult this year. So, um, you know, God willing, you know, he, he continues to perform and, and um, remains um, sound and well. Then, then, I, then I think David Ward's keen to keep him in training next year and who knows, it could well be an option for next year. Well, that's great. So um, you mentioned Haydock, obviously, the, the, the Sprint Cup this weekend. A, I'm looking at the weather forecast and things are pretty positive with regard to you avoiding um, testing ground. So you're, you're all happy with how things stand? Yeah, very happy. I mean, to be honest, yeah. Um, you know, he's he's been in great shape since since France, and um, you know, this has kind of always been the plan, albeit you know, half feeling that it wouldn't happen with the ground. But um, hopefully, maybe this time um, the weather will be kind to us. Uh, any any sort of you know track concerns or, or anything uh, ground aside, anything about the race which which worries you at all, or, or do you go there fairly confident? No, no, nothing at all. I hate Ox straightforward and, and um you know, he's um no, I mean it's obviously it's a group one, there's no easy group ones, but he's uh um you know, he goes there in, in great form and I no I can't really normally making any excuses before the race anyway. Yeah. Um great stuff. Look look forward to seeing him. Thanks, Ed. Lee, it seems as though whatever happens this weekend, uh, connections are very open, travel slash covid permitting to an international campaign which is great yeah absolutely um and i would love to see the horse end up in australia um in the everest um we have had a few into the few european runners in in the everest in the past aiden o'brien has, has sent horses out there like us navy flag um without any success so far um, and of course, taking on the Aussie sprinters is a particularly audacious thing to do because that is um, the, the, almost like the raison d'etre of Australian racing, ironically, because although they're the most famous races that is the Melbourne Cup, they actually just breed for speed primarily. Um, and their sprint, sprint division tends to be very strong. But I think it'd be great if Starman did go out there. Clearly, this year, more than any year, that is going to be complicated. Um, but it would be wonderful to see him in the race. It really would. And um, yeah, I, I, fingers crossed he makes it there. But I, I just get the feeling it, 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 it might not be happening just because of um, you know, where we are globally currently. But we shall see. Also internationally, Lee, um, we saw at the weekend Essential Quality win the Travers. And we also saw Bob Baffert's Medina Spirit win the Share Belief Stakes at Del Mar. Two horses that could meet up back at the, the Breeders' Cup at Del Mar. What did you make of those two bits of news? Uh, well, it, it's, it's interesting because, of course, it brings Medina Spirit back into, into the headlines. The, the, the horse who um, we expect to be disqualified from his first place position in this year's Kentucky Derby, but on the, the role of honour, his name is still there, as is that of trainer, of trainer Bob Baffert, whose reputation took a, another significant knock um, as a result of the the positive test um, that Medina Spirit gave there, Baffert is currently taking uh, having uh, legal action um, uh, with the uh, Kentucky um, Horse Racing Commission over his his ban there. There was the 
the the the the brief ban in, in New York, and it, it just feels that this is a uh, a saga um, that American racing doesn't need, um, but it feels like one that is going to drag on for an awfully long time. And I'm sure the organisers of the Breeders' Cup are not looking forward to it being um, part of the conversation when we get there, because what you can guarantee is that NBC, the broadcaster, they will make a big deal of it. And rightly so they, they did when we got as far as the, um, the, the, the other two uh, breeders, uh, triple crown races this year. Um, it's, 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 it's unfortunate um, because it, it, it will be in some ways the, the underlying story of the breeders cup, if it's still ongoing then. Now, the 25th of September will see the inaugural Coast to Curra cycle in memory of Pat Smullen and Olive Lynch. Gavin Lynch is the organiser and he's along to tell us a little bit more. Gavin, what do we need to know? It's uh, taking place now on the 25th of September. Uh, it's a Saturday and we're doing a mad thing. We're doing a cycle from Laytown, probably the most unique race course in the world, it's safe to say, all the way to Curra. And along the way, we're stopping at and the hill of Belliestown, Navin, Ferry House, Mike stood the Pat Smullen Road for, for so many years. Then we're on to Nace, Punchestown, we're on to Gilltown Stud, which is owned by the, the Aggie Can. Again, Pat Road, uh, the Derby winner, Harzand. We're getting a picture with Harzand at three o'clock. And then on to the Curra. And actually, there's racing in the Curra that day. And um, Evan Arkwright, the Curra, is kindly letting us cycle up in front of the grandstand, um, possibly after the, uh, the Group 2 at 10 past four. And... Um, yeah, so it should be a fun day for everybody. God, it sounds like a fantastic day. And as far as sightseeing goes, that, that that's right up there. But it's also, I mean, it's you, you've told me before we started recording how far it is. It's a proper challenge as well. Yeah, it's 155k, but the good thing about it is people can take different challenges. So if you wanted to do 80 kilometres, uh, you can meet us in um, Ferios at half 11. Or if you wanted to do, say, 30k, you can meet us in Nace at 2 o'clock. Or if you want to just do 14k, you can meet us uh, in Guildtown Stud at three o'clock. So there's lots of options for people there. So, all right. So, so basically, you know, people can join in on the way if they don't want to do the whole thing. Are there? Is there any limit on numbers, Gavin, or is it just come along? Everyone's welcome. Uh, if you want to take part, you have to sign up with CyclingIreland.ie. You go into the search engine that they have a search engine in the in the website, and they've got a keyword search. Just type in Coast to Curran, it pops up. And it's, it's free to enter if you're a member of Cycling Ireland. Otherwise, it's €10 Euro, uh, to cover your insurance. And then we'll send you out a sponsorship card and hopefully people can raise some money. So I think so far we've raised around thirty-five grand, which is a good start with uh, just under four weeks to go. Mm. And this is all going for, this is all money for cancer trials? Yeah, it's, uh, it's all going to Cancer Trials Ireland. That's the charity that passed. Do you remember the race two years ago? Mm. The famous race, Pat raised a lot of money for them, so I just thought uh, my mother, Olive, passed away with the same pancreatic cancer, and I just thought it'd be nice to raise money for them. And actually, here's one inspiration for the cycle was, I seen Niall Hannity and Michael Chinners doing a tour of Yorkshire one time a couple of years ago, do you remember that? <laughs> oh, good, I remember it very, very well, the tour to Yorkshire, yeah. Yeah, so when I saw that, I kind of thought maybe I must do something in the future, and then when Pat passed away last September, I kind of put the idea together last October. Hmm. Um, I think it's, you know, and quite rightly, it's going to be hugely popular. It's for a great cause. And, yeah. you know, it also, Pat was just such a popular guy that, that no doubt people from, from all over the place are going to be inspired to, to take part and support. Yeah, it's, 
it's a strange one. I just I was incredibly saddened when Pat passed away. I never met the man, but I backed him hundreds of times. He seemed a fantastic guy, great family man, and um, the one thing I suppose for a punter is that you're looking for a jockey that tries 100% every time, and Pat always did. So to take a man so fit and so healthy at the age of 43 was just incredibly sad. And has it been, Gavin, from from your point of view? Has it been easy enough to sort of to, to get this off the ground? I take it everyone's been incredibly helpful and forthcoming. Yeah, um, obviously you have to talk to the, the, the Gardaí, as we call them, our police. You have to talk to ambulance people. You have a lot of uh, logistics to work out. But the race courses have all been fantastic, very supportive. And the one thing about horse racing is that it's a, it's just a community. Like, I know Paul Carberry, so I said, ask him to come along and hopefully he can make it on the day. And uh, I said, would you have Barry Gerty's number? I would, he said. So I rang Barry Gerty and... It turns out we're going past Barry's house, right? So I rang Barry, no problem. Everybody, no problem. So Barry is cycling with us uh, eight kilometres from his house up to Ferry House. So things like that, just everybody I've spoken to have been very, very nice and helpful. Yeah, fantastic. So the 25th of September, uh, once again, that, that website where people can go to sign up if they want to, Gavin? Uh, it's cyclingireland.ie and if you want the agenda for the day, the itinerary, just go to Facebook and search Coast to Curra and in the profile picture you can see the layout of the whole day there. Fantastic stuff. And Lee Mottershead is the, the guest this week and um, we will rely on him for a tip at the end of the podcast. But um, y- you can have one up your sleeve if, if you want, Gavin. There's a horse I like uh, today in the two meetings in Ireland, uh, Ross Common, I think, at Downpatrick. I like one in Downpatrick in the 355 called Ripon Lodge, uh, trained by John Ryan, whose horse has been in good form uh, all summer. The last day it won in uh, Tremor over two miles six. It was settled at the back, but it was so keen it had to actually take the running up before halfway. Went a long way clear, and then they, they almost caught him. But I think today, over 2-2, stepping down four furlongs, uh, I think that's got a great chance. It's around 3-1 to one shot, I think. Great. So Ripon Lodge in Downpatrick. Ripon Lodge at Downpatrick. Gavin, thanks ever so much, and most importantly, thanks, have a great day on the 25th. Will do. Thank you. Right, Lee, I, I think you are just left with um, sending us away with a, a tip, if you don't mind, this Bank Holiday Monday. Lots of lots of racing to choose from. Yeah, there is. And it, Bank Holiday's sweating Brits, and they're not really as big as they used to be, Tom, are they, on the old, on the old racing front? I remember growing up as a kid, this, this Bank Holiday Monday was always uh, a good one. You had three races from Ripon on the BBC. You said Julian Wilson to commentate there on the Ripon Rolls and the two-year-old trophy on, on ITV or, or Channel 4. Um, Epsom always played the Moet de Chandon Silver Magnum, the Amateurs Derby, which still exists as the Amateurs Derby, but maybe a sign of times there's no sponsor. It's a 10 grand handicap and it's a pretty underwhelming looking race on paper. Um, but we're going go to go to Epsom, the track just down the road for me for a tip today, uh, Tom. In the 310, the Stanley Wooten handicap, Corazon Espinado. Uh, loves Epsom, won there at the Derby Festival, and I think with Asheen Murphy on his back today, had a chance to get back in the winners' enclosure. So Corazon Espinado in the 310 on Amateur Riders Derby Day at Epsom. Lee, thank you very much indeed. Thanks to everyone out there for listening today. Nick will be back tomorrow. Don't forget to rate us. Uh, please do review. And of course, subscribe. Makes it easier to listen each and every day to the Nick Luck Daily. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.